Hello, welcome to Free Will Science and Religion. I'm I'm Chandler Klebs, and I'm here with George Ortega, Nick Vale, and Jamie Soden. And we understand that we don't have a free will and that we couldn't have done otherwise. And yet there's still damage done in our relationships with other people when we say things that we shouldn't have or they said something they shouldn't have, and we still regret things. So we're actually going to be talking more about how do we restore relationships. Um, so we're kind of getting more into that, what can be done, because we can't go back with a time machine and change the events. So how do, what's the next best thing? Um, I think the next best thing would be to um, talk it over and try to um, move on from the situation. I mean, all you can do is learn from the past and then... Um, use that you know use that information to try and be better people you know we've got the problem of emotion is always almost always going to trump logic and reason so when you're dealing with especially romantic relations i know jamie you're talking about your brother but that's not you know when you have boys and girlfriends going at it you've got pride you've got ego you've got you're disrespecting me you know you made a joke out of the relationship so in that moment, with especially crimes of passion, where people actually kill each other and homicide and suicide, you know, boyfriends find girlfriends cheating. It's really that moment is emotion. You you could be a no free will expert and a no free will guru and still go bananas because you've got emotion trumping reason, and that's what I think is the biggest problem. Coupled with the fact that I'm I'll be 44 in a few weeks. And I just learned there's no free will about three years ago. So I've got 41 years of unconscious free will thinking and three years of no free will thinking. So in that situation, I had many more years of free will you know, thinking. And on top of that, we're in a culture that 99% of the people believe in free will. So just because I don't believe in free will makes it very hard for me to react in a no free will way when I'm in when you, me, George, and Jamie, and a few other nuts, you know, understand. So I had three things against me. I had emotion trumping reason. I had that nobody gets it. I had 40, 40, 40 thirds of me, 40 slash 40 thirds of me believing, you know, in the old model. So I, I kind of had three things working against me. Now, someone raised with the no free will model in the future who has 43 out of 43 years of knowing there's no free will, and in a society that everybody gets it, will still have the last problem, that emotion trumps reason. But at least you would only have one problem out of the three that I just mentioned. So yeah. I, had, I had three things working against me. That I'm one of the few people that gets it, so I'm arguing with her in the wrong paradigm because I'm in a free will culture. I have 40 years out of 43 uh, conditioning believing in free will and the and then the holy grail which I don't th which we should address because even 500 years from now I would you'll have kids that get it from birth right and they'll be raised but you'll still have the emotion trumping reason problem wow which, which of those three you know well Nick, how, let me, how, let me... how can you overcome the emotion so once we solve the other two where everybody gets it and you're 43 years out of 43 years raised with it, you're still going to have emotions. Nick, you're still going to have, wait, wait, you're still going to have your ego. You're still going to have your pride. You're still going to feel disrespected. 
You're going to still feel dishonored if your girlfriend, you know, is cheating on you. You're still going to have all those problems of you're making me look like a joke. All right, here, so let me address, address that? that. Our emotions are very connected with our thoughts. You know, in other words, like our thoughts, our emotions often arise because of the thoughts we're thinking. So you're right. The 30 years of conditioning, you know, the, the 42 years of conditioning you've had uh, with this free will belief, whatever, 43 years, basically. No, I had extent, 40. I had 40 out of 43. I had three years whatever. of understanding. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. But it's like, so the, to the extent you overcome that, and again, you know, you, you understand very strongly intellectually that you don't have a free will. But now yeah. to the extent that you start putting it into practice, you know, day after day, week after week, month after month, then all of a sudden the thoughts that you're having are going to be different. They're going to change. They're going to conform to this new belief system. And then the emotions will follow. Then like when somebody like does something that seems disrespectful, instead of taking it personally, you say to yourself, huh, why is the universe doing this? Why is the universe making this person you know, speak that way? So are you, are you theorizing that emotions, uh, anybody raised with our podcast and grows up in a no free will world, their emotions will not trump reason? Is that what you're theorizing? That's hard to um, believe. Nick, I'm, I'm theorizing that, like, not immediately, but, but that's actually the goal. That's why I'm doing the show, because we, we predict that the people understand I that think, has a free will. I think the the generation, that the generations that get this will still have the problem of emotion trumping reason, no matter what the reason, no matter how well they get this. Well, I mean, imagine, Nick, we're, we're in a very deluded world right now. Almost everybody believes in free will. It's, it's very hard to keep no. sane, to, to keep rational. Amidst, every time you turn on the TV you know, and see a drama, you're seeing people relate to each other free will paradigm. So that conditions It's very hard to decondition yourself within this kind of environment. You see this um, you know, um, whole... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? You have this emphasis of revenge, um, you know, against the bad guy. Exactly. That, that's what our culture teaches. So, yeah, you might get it intellectually, no his free will, but you're right. The conditioning is so strong from those 40, 40 years, whatever, that it, like, you know, it, it, it can't be overcome overnight. And so, like, we may have to wait a decade or two before enough people get it strongly enough, start teaching it to others. And, it, you know, it, it takes it, you know, this is how they take working a pioneering step. Okay, but, but again, people, will, people will still have emotions. Right. But, for, for example, your emotion, for example, like the emotion that you're angry um, at someone, right? That's an emotion, okay? But you're angry at someone because they did something. Well, and actually, then, I'm angry at her, but she couldn't, you know, I, she couldn't help herself either, obviously, apparently. Well, that's the thing, so Linda, you know that, but it's one thing to know it intellectually, it's another thing to know it so, so profoundly that your emotions are then influenced by it. That's kind of hard to believe that you could be disrespected and just not be emotional. Chandler, what's your take on this? Well, I think what uh, George is trying to get at, Nick, um, is that our emotions will catch up with our reason. You know, that the more well we know something and the longer we've known it, the more our emotions will catch up. So there won't always be this disconnect where you have these emotions from from 40, 
40 years of, of conditioning under a free will paradigm and then three years understanding no free will, I, it could just be that, you know, you have emotions conditioned the old way and so you still sort of revert back to that. Right. I think that's what's going on. And, and, and you know, like, for example, um, a good comparison is sort of like, you know, for example, you know, when atheists, they still sometimes flip back to this having this fear that they're going to hell. You know, that's a common example of how somebody knows one thing and they're not afraid when they're logical. But then emotions, they still have this fear of something or some other emotion that trumps that at times. And over time, it diminishes. Right. right and that's about, the thing. Go ahead. And what about this whole thing? You know, we're still in a free will paradi paradigm culture. So if this situation that happened to me and everybody got it from birth, it would it would have helped a lot. So we're in a free will, you know. We're still in a even though I don't believe in free will, and George and you guys don't believe. I still had to basically act as if I have free will because I'm operating in a free will culture. So that 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 wasn't helping matters either at all. Yeah, um, it's true. We're in a culture where most people still believe in free will and they blame people. Um, this is kind of an interesting thing because, um, yeah, like, um, and, and I don't know exactly how your ex-girlfriend is as far as that all goes. Like, if she's still blaming you under a free will paradigm or not. She says um, I'm a deeply troubled individual now. Uh-huh. Well, right. relate this to happiness. In other words, um, I, well, I don't like being, I don't, I don't like being called a deeply troubled individual. I no, but the, uni the universe, first of all, the universe made you do what you do, what you did to have the universe make Nick's girlfriend, um, you know, react the way she did. So you guys understand the surreal nature of this entire yeah, thing. Yeah, but I, I'm starting to internalize that I'm a deeply uh, troubled individual now because she said so. She knows me for six years and now she's saying I'm deeply troubled. All right, but that's another issue. I mean, wait, 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 wait. Anya didn't say I'm deeply troubled. The universe through Anya told me I'm deeply troubled. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So, like, when you yeah, see it from that perspective. That bothers me. I don't care if it's free will Of course will it bothers you. That's what I'm saying. We're not saying, like, that overcoming the free will belief is going to solve everything. But, like, to the extent that you get it and she gets it and you get it really strongly, then that helps, like, you resolve things. That helps you talk. Well, and, and you know, Nick... Um, even if even if you were a deeply troubled individual, yeah, that's not talk to me that way. Even if I, go ahead. Yeah, I'm just saying, you know, it's not your fault. For even if that even if that were true, it's not your fault, and it, surely it must help some to know that. Ah, uh -huh. so yes, I have to accept that I'm a deeply troubled individual, but it's not my fault. So therefore, uh, I'm not going to add the second layer of. That I caused my deep. I'm still in pain over it, but I didn't cause. Uh, it's my genetics and my parents and everything else that causes me to be deep. But I feel very, very unlucky. I mean, unlucky to a degree where I don't know what to do at this stage. Yeah, and and you know that's the thing. What, what's, the cure, what's the cure for unluckiness? Happiness. Happiness. No, luck. Winning, 
winning the lottery would be the uh, would be the antidote. If I'm unlucky with love or whatever, I need some luck, and the only way I can get luck is to play the lotto and win. Well, that's win luck. the win the happiness lottery. Yeah, but how do I do that? Basically, you bliss out. You you say like you know I want happiness more yeah, than that's anything not else. Luck. That's going to take effort. All right, so like it's effort and some luck. Cause like it's luck if you succeed. You know, it's not up to you whether you succeed or not. So that's luck. Yeah. So the way to get rid of unluck is to is to get luck. So, other than winning the lottery, I don't know what else could make me feel lucky. Huh? Right. You're lucky if you get if you if you keep working on this no free will perspective and make yourself to more strong, strongly understand that that nothing you did was your fault, nothing that your girlfriend did was her fault, nothing that anyone does is our fault. To the extent you understand that more and more strongly, you're going to get luckier and luckier because you're going to have fewer and fewer negative emotions. But my, yeah. defini my definition of luck is a mathematical improbability coming through on your side of the coin. So all the things that happened to me in the simultaneous chronological kind of sequential, you know, the pictures and the no pictures and the, and the fiancé, all those things represented like a, a lottery that went against me. That was like one out of a million plus one out of everything that happened was so bizarre. You know, I, I don't need to counterbalance that with just learning about no free will. I need some sort of mathematical improbability to come in my favor now. Well, the mathematical improbability, that, that, that's your, like, in other words, it's mathematically very improbable for anybody to transcend the free will belief. All right, all right, fine. Definitely. But yeah. I mean, for example, a, way, a, a, a mathematical improbability that could reverse this would be like I ran, I decide to go to uh, Kansas tomorrow on a, on a whim, and then I uh, rent a car, and I blow out the tire, and then I get hit by another car, and I end up in a hospital in Wichita, and then Anya's there in the bed next to me. That would be some sort, like she happened to be on business in Kansas and got hit by a car in Wichita and ended up in the hospital. That would reverse it. Then we would think we were meant for each other again. I would need something so bizarre, probability-wise, mathematically, to make me feel lucky to reverse the damage. It would have to be... Something like I just stated about being in Kansas and running into her in a hospital and say, oh, what are you doing here? Well, I was in Kansas and I got hit by a So, you know, that's the kind of thing I'm looking for that would reverse this. Right, that Nick, make, I would make us look at each other and say, what are we both doing in the same room in Wichita, Kansas with broken legs? That, that's obviously God saying we should be together. That's Dude, the only way. I, I Nick, I get what you're saying, and you're completely right. In other words, like understanding yeah. that we don't have free will doesn't solve every, everything. But come on, but we gotta let let's pull it back to the free will thing. What can you do? That's that, how unlucky I feel. That's the kind of no, luck that could reverse. I it. understand. I understand. But what can you do to kind of like to strengthen the truth that what you did wasn't up to you? That how Anya responded wasn't up to her. The I'm whole looking thing. for luck. I'm looking for re luck reversal. No, that no. it's not just. Go ahead, Jamie. Yeah, um, what this no free will um, paradigm will do is reduce the amount of violent incidents. You know, if pe that's if people get to understand it better, you know. Well, explain reduce how that how that works. How does that work? What will reduce? Because people well, because people will be less likely to blame each other. Um, there'll be less, um, you know, anger like uh, towards the individual involved. They'll be more angry at the universe or fate or whatever, you know. Mm-hmm. 
So, so in, in your case, Nick, you and she will be on the same side wondering to yourselves, oh my God, why is the universe doing this to us? Rather than she wondering why you're doing this to her and she wondering why she, um, you know, you, you know what I mean? You know, you'd, yeah. be both, you'd be both addressing your anger and dissatisfaction. Yeah, but we could both the say the universe did this to us so we shouldn't be together. And I'm that's this doesn't solve everything, you know. We're no. not saying it does, but but it makes solving things so much easier, so much more intelligent. Yeah, you know what? I think what George is getting at is that though, even though the whole no free will paradigm doesn't magically just fix everything, um, it does at least make it possible for everything to be restored in some way because at least you are on the same side you and your ex-girlfriend it's not you versus her it's mm. it's the you know the universe or the causal right. past that's that's right. led to this breakup and so you you can, i think that it you at least have a way of working it out whereas perhaps if you were blaming yourself with that extra with that kind of blame that only free will belief allows well then you would be more depressed you would be so much worse off you would, that it actually would make it worse and ruin any chances of making it right and reversing your luck right okay hmm. yeah i mean you don't you don't um say oh um to a tree that falls on the top of your car and you know smashes it you don't say to a tree oh you're going to hell you've got a evil soul or whatever you know, it's just, it's just nature. You know, if, if Saint like wrecks your car, um, it's just an unfortunate event, you know. All right, so now here's the thing. So we're talking theory. Now, how do we put this into practice? In other words, like, if we want to become stronger, we know it's not going to happen overnight. We know, we know we go to the gym and work out with weights, like, day after day, week after week, and it happens. So what can we do on a regular basis to strengthen our understanding that absolutely nothing is up to us? I have one suggestion. For example, if we're watching a movie on TV or watching the news, and anytime anyone says anything that's that you don't agree with, that that sounds wrong, sounds immoral, you just remind yourself. And actually, it might be a good practice to, like, to count the instances that you can detect on, let's say, a half an hour or an hour drama of people saying these things, and you're like noticing, oh, this person like said something wrong, but it wasn't up to him. So like, I think. The idea is to get ourselves more in in, in in the in the practice of being able to do that. You know, and if we practice this, you know, basically as a routine, like going to the, then that strengthens our understanding. So then we can apply it more easily when it comes in situations in our life. But what other strategies we can use to to do this? Hmm. I'm, I'm not sure this is a very interesting thing we're exploring because we're trying to make it very practical, very real to people because we want to we explain how this will actually help people in their lives deal with situations like this. And I mean, I really feel bad for Nick and his situation here. And I actually, I don't really know how to relate to that kind of thing specifically because I've never experienced that. Mm -hmm. But uh, but for what it's worth, and I'm, I don't know if this will help, but you know, I've I've had this sort of struggle, you know, in the in the past month, actually past few years, really, 
like where there's, you know, I would like to fix all the problems in the world. I would like to, you know, end all the suffering, end all the evil. Um, and particularly, I've been upset about, you know, the animal slaughter and all that. And um, for a while, like back when I had this delusion, like, hey, I'm going to set the world right and fix everything. And, you know, like that sort of thing, thinking that I had the power to actually change the whole world, you know. Um, well, for a while, that sort of gave me like this boost, like this drive to do something. And I and I guess that I felt like I had some kind of power. But now I'm realizing that most of the world's not going to change their ways, at least not as fast as I would like. And so I'm trying to figure out recently, because um, I understand that it's not my my fault. It's not like that. I failed in some way that because I couldn't change everybody else and stop them from from killing and raping and all those evil things that happen in this world, but I still have to deal with it. Like it doesn't solve everything that um, that I understand. I don't have that nobody has a free will, so I'm not blaming or hating anybody. But there's still bad stuff happening, and so I'm still in the process of reconciling that and. What do I do about what I'm feeling about? This? All right, here's another technique, another technique, and we may, you know, maybe tomorrow, let's do this, this podcast with this technique. We're accustomed to saying, well, I and I and they, and in other words, anytime we're, we're making a statement that, that re refers to us or another person, rather than saying, I did this or she did this, let's get into like, let's, for this practice, say, well, the universe made me say this and the universe made her do this. Uh, in other words, like, let's do this tomorrow. Like, maybe we can add as a component to this that whenever anybody messes up, you know, the the rest of us who catch it say the universe just made you mess up or something like that. You know, because in, in other words, when we change the grammar, naturally we're not going to talk this way, you know, with with our friends and stuff because it's a little awkward for for an experiment for practice getting into the, the, the perspective of understanding nothing is up to us, I think grammatically going from the I did this to the universe made me do this, you know, will really help help strengthen that understanding. I moved back into the living room because I wanted to watch a soccer game, just so you know. Oh, I will. <laughs> I, I, since, since I'm the one living in the situation, it's very clear to me what I need is a feeling of luck to counterbalance the unluck. And I know Dan Dennett says that luck equals out in the long run, but I'm not, I'm not living that. I feel that I've had much more bad, bad breaks than the average person. I'm much unlucky, I'm way more unlucky. So all this nonsense about changing the vocabulary to from I to the universe, that George, that sounds great. You're not living the situation I'm living in. It's really that Kansas example I gave where the only real way to, to counter back unluck is to feel lucky. So I could go run and get a lottery ticket tonight, and I feel like I'm deserving of a very lucky break to counterbalance the unluck. And I think people deep down want to feel more or less as lucky or unlucky as the average person. And unfortunately for me, I feel much more unlucky. Yeah, so you're saying... That would be, no, that would be the correct no-free-will paradigm. It's, it's luck versus unluck. So I need to do something to make me start feeling lucky, which is what I can't imagine what it could be. Well, um, Nick, uh, may, maybe there's something that you really like to do. There's some t 
talent or some hobby that you have that you really like to do and that maybe you can feel lucky about that. Even if it's not necessarily relevant to your situation, at least having something else to feel lucky about might help you. Mm -hmm. Okay, but what about my overall feeling that I've gotten way more bad breaks than the average person? You know, the way I was raised and all this depression and all this hospitals, all this bullshit. I mean, I well, just yeah, feel... your mind, you're, you're born on the Upper East Side of New York City. You know, your mom is living in a penthouse. How can, how can you say you had more bad breaks than most people? I think your problem is like, you know, you had a very, very uh, fortunate life, you know, very early. And so that, that, that yeah. can like, that creates problems. But that's, you know, a lot of, but you're luckier yeah, but the average person hasn't been in a hospital. I've been in so many. It's like that's that's it's there's something very unlucky about my life. Now, if we become the world's most famous people for doing this, that would be the only you know consolation prize, I would think. There's got to be some sort of duality to as unlucky as you feel. It should balance out in theory, you would think, right? All right. First of all, Dennett is wrong about that. You know, in other words, like. James B. Miles wrote in uh, his I know, book. Yeah, I know, and I know he's wrong. Yeah. Right. No, no, that's, so, that's Dennett's defense. That's Dennett's defense to free will, that luck averages out. You know, when he talks about poor people, he's still kind of blaming them because he's saying luck all averages out. So that's still a way of telling the poor people, you know, your, your, your poverty is your fault. Because Dennett thinks he's gotten terribly, terrible bad breaks as well, and he's overcome them with his free will. That's what well, Dennett's really saying. Well, you know what? Um, this is kind of strange because obviously Dennett's wrong as as far as in this life, this life, you know, luck doesn't average out in the long run. We we know we know that. Saying luck, your luck does not average out, right? Yeah, it doesn't average out. It's not like everyone experiences right. an equal amount of good and bad in their whole life. Right. But you, but you know what's interesting, Nick? Now I I don't know if this will if this will help you feel better or worse and so i so i oh. hope that this doesn't come across wrong but here's a comfort that i get because i think well eventually we're all gonna die and so in, in the end the way i view it anyway um is that it does average out in that sense because we're all equally non-existent um and i don't i maybe that helps me in some way. It kind of makes me feel um, better. I don't know how that affects you or other people, but that's an interesting thought because the, re the reason that helps me is knowing that nobody wins and nobody loses, you know? Well, what if I have a terribly depressed life and I'm in 8,500 psychiatric hospitals and she goes on and marries this other guy that she cheated on me with and has a great life. And then we both die, you know, like 80. I mean, we, we both die, but she has a fun, happy life and I have a miserably depressed life. So I don't see how does that even the score that, that we're both going to die. I don't get it. Well, maybe it doesn't even the score, but at least your unluck doesn't last forever. Okay. Yeah, Nick, yeah, absolutely. In other words, our life, like 80, 100 years. Think of it relative to the 13.8 billion years, you know, to the Big Bang, and the trillions of years, whatever, that, that span ahead of us. So, like, this, this life is just like a, it's like what a about this non What about this nonsense that people tell me where everything happens for a reason? 
such as her cheating on me and me yelling, cursing her and calling her those horrible things and her hating, you know. Everything happens for a reason, supposed to be, in theory, from my five therapists, the consolation prize. That's the prize. Everything well, that's, happens yes, for Nick, a reason. So, so here's the thing. So listen to me. Listen what to me, reason? So basically, listen to me. Listen to me. We got like a minute and a half. Basically, right. to the extent that you move from the free will belief to understanding that the universe does something, then you ask that question. You know, like, let's say you cultivate the... Ah. You can't prove it, but like things happen for the best. So like, so you ask yourself, what reason could the universe have? And so then like that shifts you up and you're exploring. It's your, you're exploring. All right. Actually, well, the reason is that you're living here now and uh, I'm not supposed to be married to her with kids. Like my dream is shattered, but the reason, the reason should, the reason doesn't come right away. It could take a year or two or 10. I mean, we don't know, you know, you don't know what the reason was something happens right away. It takes years, at least months. Right, Chandler, we're about 50 seconds to go. Right. Why don't you wrap things up? <laughs> yeah, okay, we're going we're gonna to end this one for now. All right. Okay, you've been listening to Free Will, Science, and Religion, and this has sort of been an in-depth conversation. Um, and, well, <laughs> I don't really know what else to say, but um, we're going to be having more episodes in the future, and I hope you enjoyed this. Bye for now.